0: The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a show that covers national breaking and headline news, offers analysis and commentary. And I interview a high profile public figure. In each show, I also highlight an exceptional company, organization, charity, or even an individual that does great work in the community. After the headlines, I have two interviews for you. First one with Congressman Alan Lowenthal, followed by Joseph Williams from Black Lives Matter Los Angeles. Here are the latest COVID-19 numbers. Worldwide, there have been 393,000 people who have died from coronavirus. In the US, 112,000 people have died. In California, that number is 4,422. And 2,042 people have died in LA County. Coronavirus cases have spiked in some states, including Texas, Utah, and Arizona as local governments begin reopening their economies. Tens of thousands of people gathered in cities around the world on Saturday and Sunday to express anger over the murder of George Floyd as the Black Lives Matter movement against police brutality resonates with global calls to address racism. President Trump announced Sunday that he will begin withdrawing the National Guard from Washington, D.C., Former Republican Secretary of State, Colin Powell, said Sunday that he will vote for Joe Biden in the upcoming presidential election. Powell said that President Trump has drifted away from the Constitution and he praised other retired generals who have recently denounced Trump's response to protests in the wake of George Floyd's death. Vice President Joe Biden leads President Donald Trump by seven point margin in an NBC News, Wall Street Journal poll out on Sunday.
1: And You know, when you're president, you sort of say like, I'm going to sort of give it up for a couple of years and I'm going to really focus on the job.
0: Let's get blunt. 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 Today, I want to take a minute and be blunt about a topic that perhaps might seem passé especially given the current circumstances. However, it is still affecting tens of thousands of uh, people in California, perhaps more. Uh, And that is with EDD, uh, people waiting for their unemployment check for over three months. You know, it's redundant to say that's not acceptable. And I know that most of these people are very understanding of the fact that this is an unprecedented time and, EDD has been overwhelmed with people applying for unemployment. But what are people supposed to do when they're waiting for over three months to get their first check? And after weeks and weeks of calling and waiting, taking hours to call, they're getting to a brand new employee, a brand new uh, operator who was hired, who's not really equipped to deal with their situation and to offer any... Solutions. Rather, they're told to uh, wait. They're on a waiting list or call list that never happens, and emails have gone unanswered. So, this is a big, big problem in California with EDD, and it's um, you know the roots of it goes back to the fact that Trump uh, did away with the pandemic readiness plan that President Obama had put together. Perhaps it addressed this as well, but we don't have that. And as a result, many people are suffering because they can't get an answer from EDD, they can't get a check, they can't get through, or get through to someone who can help them. So sometimes we have to be blunt about things that are not very pleasant. And there you have it. Let's get blunt. Congressman Alan Lowenthal is serving his fourth term representing California's 47th District, which encompasses portions of eastern Los Angeles County and western Orange County. Congressman Lowenthal, a lifetime activist and community organizer, served on the Long Beach City Council for six years, then continued by serving three terms as a state assembly member, than two terms as a state senator. In Congress, he serves on both the House Natural Resources Committee and the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. Representing one of the most ethnically diverse districts in the nation, Congressman Lowenthal has championed human rights in Congress, not just at home, but throughout the world. He has also brought a strong support for the LGBTQ rights to Washington, where he became the first Congress member to permanently fly the pride flag outside his office. Fantastic. Congressman Lowenthal, thank you very much for taking the time to be on The Blunt Post with Vic. How are you? I'm
1: very well. First of all, I want to thank you for inviting me. I'm honored.
0: Absolutely. We've, I've been wanting to speak to you for a while and uh, you know things are hectic now and uh, I'm grateful that you could be with me. So, I want to, before I ask you any specific questions, I just want to say, you know, I just want to ask you in general, with everything that's happening, what's your perspective on where we are as a nation uh, and, uh, you know, your district, California, however wide you want to go?
1: Well, I I think that there are unique moments in history when events come together that we can not only deal with the specific events. But hopefully it gives us a, a timing so that we can step back and try to understand how we got here, how all of us got here, not just how we're going to fix it, but what's been the history? What have we not examined? Uh, and I think this is one of
0: those unique moments. I like that. That's very, um, very apropos. And I think uh, a lot of people share your sentiment that this is a movement and not just a sort of a one-time event that's uh, happened due to the death of George Floyd and several others before that. Uh, African-American, African-Americans American African were victims and victimized by police brutality and racism.
1: And I think it's a time to really examine what role all of us have played in it, whether we're conscious of that role or their values that we carry. Uh, and their values just that we've never really had the opportunity or used the opportunity to, to examine them it's not that people are good people or bad people it's that sometimes we don't see our own role and we don't see how the larger culture uh which represents these values frequently dictates the action so of uh, for example the police carry out many of these the activities but the culture really demands. them, and many of them are not understood by ourselves and our own roles in this. One of the things that's occurred during this um, crisis, you know, after the killing of George Floyd, has been um, um, my at the national level, I think our Democratic caucus has used this to bring in and to understand, and it's been very helpful to me,
0: uh, opinions
1: and those who've been studying this, and I've been very much moved. I don't know if you've followed at all. Many of the work of, uh, of, a, of a kind of human rights advocate uh, by the name of Brian Stevenson.
0: Uh, I'm not Bryan familiar with him. Um...
1: Brian Stevenson runs the uh, Equal Justice Initiative okay. uh, in Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. He's African-American, he's one of the leading advocates of criminal justice reform, worked with President Obama, uh, uh, really has really looked at what we're doing in, in terms of um, the fact that what we really need to do now is to look at race and inequality, but look at it also in terms of we never really learned the truth of the history of what enslavement meant in this country, and that if enslavement was not just the horrible things that happened to African Americans, which it was for over 200 years, but the great legacy of it was that uh, that we carried around after, after the Civil War, after the Emancipation Proclamation, was the idea that you know, we never really looked at white supremacy. We never looked at the fact that uh, uh, the, the great legacy of, of, of slavery was the fact that uh, we carried around as a culture the fact that people of color, especially black Americans, were less than everyone else. They they were not, not only were they not they were not able to attain equality. They were, the, the idea, we never really examined our own attitudes towards um, uh, 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 towards white supremacy, towards the fact that even after the Civil War came years of, of, of lynching and Jim Crow laws, which all reflected the idea that we really were never examining what really had taken place, and that, and that is that we never addressed the issues of that white people were the superior race, and uh, black people could never reach that because we we never came to grips with that. And anyone else in this country who was not white, whether you or well, not that they were not white, but people who were different than the could, could never reach uh, that sense of equality because. We had inherently, uh, we were brought up under this. And police were asked to carry out that, remember? And it was really the police that really fought, you know, were the agent that kept us from, in many ways, from dealing with that issue. But the real issue is besides changing and having police reform, which is critically important, is to understand what role they have. And, And the role that we really never dealt with as a society, um, inequality, um, white supremacy, we've never really really come to grips with, as a society, being sorry for what we've done, for dealing with what we've done. We've never accepted that responsibility. And this may be that time that we can take, just like in the 1960s, the next step forward, and that step is to really begin to look at ourselves um, and to look at the kinds of kinds of institutions we want that really do reflect liberation, that that they're not into punishing necessarily people, but but freeing people to really begin to try to meet the promises that uh, our Constitution and our Declaration really called for, which we've never been able to address, because we've never looked at the history, we've never looked at our own
0: role in that history. Well, beautifully said. Congressman. This is The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jorami, and you're listening to my interview with Congressman Alan Lowenthal. It seems like you have a let's stay in the solution uh, attitude toward all of this and looking at this as an opportunity to address what should have been addressed a long time ago. And you mentioned...
1: Which will free
0: us. Absolutely. Which Which will allow us to look at the presumptions that we have. When we see
1: people, we we, we, come, we have all these expectations towards something
0: that we aren't even aware of sometimes. Coming, and that it will free us from them. Absolutely. It's um, not to make comparisons at all, but you have been a an advocate for human rights and you supported the Armenian Genocide Resolution Act. And as an Armenian American, a gay Armenian American, when I'm asked about, you know, after 105 years, why are Armenians still determined to... Have the genocide recognized, and one of many reasons is that until the perpetrators accept it, take responsibility, the wounds never heal, and it's open wounds. And you know, African Americans have open wounds that have never healed because the right things have not been done to heal those wounds, and um, and we have we have this happening. And part of your eloquent statement you just made you talked about the police a lot is going on in terms of you know just I'm just going to say my perspective of just excessive excessive force from so many different law enforcement uh, agencies on a national level to local what's your take on all of that again <laughs> be Okay, state that about the police yeah I mean a lot of us think that there have been there has been excessive use of force on uh, peaceful protesters uh, demonstrators from gassing people to rubber bullets a lot of it has been unnecessary and abuse of absolutely. power yeah
1: absolutely, absolutely. it has been. you know I, I, you know I think that I was uh, in terms of human rights, uh, one of the most powerful moments when, for me when I, since I've been in Congress, and I was elected in 2012 to Congress after being a, a community activist in Long Beach, standing up and I believe, fighting for human rights in Long Beach, right. uh, then in the state legislature, and then going to Congress, was when I went to Salma on the march, and we went across with John Lewis and, and President Obama, and... Uh, uh, and and, and President Bush joined us, the march with us, across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And we all know the the people that that fought against uh, the the movement towards freedom and uh, 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 equality for African Americans were the police. It was the police that beat up everyone. They they carried out this mission of what the society in the South wanted and that was not to accept equality. And so I think that there are many things that we have to change about the police. It's amazing, you know, what we have to do as a society. One is how we even recruit people. You know, it's amazing that, you know, in many communities, you can be a police officer at the age of 18 Mm -hmm. with... Very little experience, very little training in terms of of even who you are, and and very little demands upon you to grow as an individual. And you're given militaristic kinds of training, but you don't really understand who are the people out there. Why why do we have certain presumptions about them? Why do when we see when the police frequently see an African American, they they first Their first thought is that person is guilty and that person is dangerous and I have to protect myself against that person. But if I see a white person, they don't see that and they don't even know how to deal with it. They just accept that. And so we have to do so much in terms of educating ourselves, looking at who, you know, we spend a lot of time recruiting people at the colleges of the best, but we don't do the same kind of standards When we recruit people into police departments, we want them to be strong and and physically stable. But we don't really frequently really talk about, you know, that we want people who are really there to serve. And what does that really mean? Uh, What have been the obstacles to doing that? To see policing as, as... you know, in many ways, as, a, as, a, as an opportunity to grow intellectually, also we don't deal with people bringing trying right. to recruit people, and then we teach them things about how to do a chokehold or how to uh, 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 when when there's when there's a problem to militarize and bring in heavy equipment. That reflects the fact that you know that that's the way we as a society want to put people away from us, push them away from us, rather than embracing people. And I think policing, we've begun to see in many communities when we began to embrace community policing. I saw it in my own community here in Long Beach after the Rodney King decision, and my city began to burn down, and I, I had just been elected to the city council, and I saw this as a great opportunity to figure out to work with our police department so that they would become part of our community to participate, to be, to, to understand what people were going through in the community, not mm-hmm. to see themselves as away from the community coming in, and you know, being, uh, uh coming in with mm-hmm. weapons and strong, but, but rather yeah. to be part of the community and to understand what it's like to live there, to break bread with people, to, uh, to see their role as assisting car yeah and I think that was a major step and that we began to reflect a different world view uh, but it was only the beginning and I think now we have greater opportunities to really build upon that and also to look at some of the really critical issues of our society not only policing that was interesting in a, in a call this, yesterday we were talking about Uh, some of the impacts in our California, uh, in our Congressional Caucus, and this Don McCation who is a representative Mm -hmm. from uh, a Virginia race, we've got to deal with it, you know, at this time with uh, uh, issues of environmental justice. This is really what's also taking place. Why Mm -hmm. are people living under such conditions? Uh, What are we doing about about issues like that? Such as why are we not understanding that environmental justice is also a critical issue? And it's in a part based upon some of the same assumptions that we do in terms of policing. That people, it's almost like a social Darwinism. People, you know, they're there because they deserve to be there. That's a, that that kind of thinking, we have to examine why we have that thinking. And understand that we're all in this together. It, actually, the COVID-19 Crisis. Really, I think when we step back and we when we dealt with our fears, we realized, you know, we're all in this together. Right. It's it's not just some of us are in this. We're all in this together, and everybody has to be strengthened. Yeah. You know, because and I think these are opportunities uh, to really liberate ourselves, to move forward, uh, to really to really begin to aspire to and reach yeah. the. You know, the, you know the, the preachings of what our forefathers asked us to do, to really have an equal and fair society. And part of it, I just believe, is, that, is our own self-examination of who we are and our under, true understanding of history
0: mm-hmm. and
1: what our role is. And that we have a lot of things that we have to admit to that we created and mm-hmm. we
0: never talk about. Beautifully said, Congressman. This is The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jarami, and you're listening to my interview with Congressman Alan Lowenthal. Sadly, when you were speaking, I kept thinking whether it's about police brutality and the how they've been emboldened or the white supremacists and such, and the lack of environmental justice. It just reminds me that it has to trickle down from the top. And when we have a president, a leader, who is inept at best, it's... At best. At best. best yeah, absolutely. Very and very best. generous. It's, it's, it's horror Yeah. The that we get. And it's... um a maintenance of the status quo. Yeah. You know,
1: his idea that the way we deal with the issues that we're being confronted is to militarize and put more,
0: put, to put the military... Into the streets is shocking. No. nobody really tolerates, you know,
1: looting. Uh, but but I, but communities, you know, that's such a small part. And the, and the protesters themselves, why is it so impressive? Have stood up themselves and said, we don't want this. We we want real change. And to participate with us, you must you must also be you know observed. This is going to be a non-protest. I think the changes that have come from the
0: protest. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are always going to be a handful of people who are going to take advantage in, and do looting and this and that. But as you said, it's such a tiny part of uh, the part. people who are out there who are really demanding. Change, But of course, uh, not only just the Trump administration, but some of media outlets like to amplify that and focus on that. And that's one of the reasons I don't even I don't even cover it much, because it's not to give it weight, because so much of the responsibility lays on the Trump administration and uh, and the, the police forces who are, of course, taking a lot of their cues from from the White House. Um, on this.
1: You know, you know, Vic. I'm I a psychologist. Before I was in, in a taught okay. at the University. Before I, as I was actually in local government and, and somewhat in the state government, and um, you know, I always try to understand where the other person is. After the election, I tried to understand where this president was and what this administration stood for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, 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 it was shocking. I mean, I I really went out of my way early on. It wasn't what I wanted. I didn't support him. I had really run for office because I wanted to be part of the Obama second term. Uh, And I thought it was a great opportunity to continue the kinds of changes that the president had done. And and I was shocked by the Republicans trying to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. I personally would have liked to have seen much further than that but it was such yeah. an important first step and then this administration came in I try to understand and I find it that it is authoritarian verges on fascist um, activities does you. not really care about the people and it is shocking it is shocking it continues day after day and the lies that come out and they yeah. and you know I said that we're not going to confront this unless what's going on today in America, unless we understand the truth of what has happened and why it's happened and who we are and what our roles are historically have been and now. And this administration just, it's based on lies Yes. Yeah. it is. And it continues that. And that means that we're never going to be able to move
0: forward while this administration is in office. Yes, that's, that's so true. And, uh, Hopefully, uh, Vice President Biden will win in November, and uh, he has... More than hopefully,
1: the nation needs to move forward.
0: Yeah. The nation is crying out to move forward. Yeah. The nation needs to not
1: only heal, but to examine itself. and This is a a great opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. Our young people are demonstrating it. Diversity of them all come together
0: and
1: said we we must deal with
0: this and if we do if yeah. six down like not making those kinds of changes yeah I will cry for this country yeah I believe I, I believe that too we are we are at a crossroads now and I think this movement will will carry through to November and I'm cautiously optimistic. Let's leave it at that. But Congressman, I I don't want to take too much of your time, but I do want to touch on two points. First one being is we've sort of, for good reason, put COVID-19 on the back burner. I just want to quickly ask you if there's anything that our listeners should know. If there's your perspective on where we are with COVID-19 amid all of this that's happening right now.
1: Well, as I said before, I think that one of the things about COVID. is that we're all in this together, and that we will not be able to come to grips with this virus if only some of us are given the opportunities to deal with it, and we allow
0: This is The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jarami, and you're listening to my interview with Congressman Alan Lowenthal. It's so refreshing to hear you um, not just say what Congress has done or is going to do, but you're actually really addressing the problem and the micro problems with it when saying that it's not just saying or even implementing uh, laws or, or passing bills, but are, are people actually being helped? And I think that's going to that's going to really resonate with a lot of people. And uh, Congressman, I, I just one last thing I wanted to mention because I think it's important. Uh, this year's Pride is obviously and definitely not Pride as usual. This is a year for the LGBTQ community to come uh, together and uh, in solidarity with our uh, Black Americans. Uh, our uh, black brothers and sisters. And so that definitely this is a year uh, to focus on that. But I wanted to also ask you and mention that you, along with your 17 colleagues, introduced the Billie Jean King Gold Medal Act to award, uh, award King the Congressional Gold Medal in Recognition of her extensive accomplishments and contributions to athletes, women's equality, the LGBTQ community, and American culture.
1: That's right, she epitomizes uh, a person who has provided great had, had great success, but has done it by really um, by, by not forgetting who she is, by standing up, and she represents all of us best in America. Uh, and, and she represents really what pride really is, and that is it's not just an event, it's right. not just a parade, it's an attitude. It's, it's, it's people feeling taking great pride in themselves and in their society, our mothers and sisters. So even though we couldn't demonstrate this year in parades, pride keeps growing. Pride is such an important event because it's life. What we're even seeing, as you pointed out, you know, pride came out of police oppression. Yeah. It came out of Stonewall. Right. It came out of people saying, I am better than this. We can do more. We we don't have to accept that we're second class. We are we are who we are. That's who Billie Jean King was. We, don't, we are, you know, we are Americans, we are equal, and we are going to demonstrated in the street, we are going to say we don't have to change who we are, we are equal. Regardless of the, you know, how the other people look at us, we are equal, we are strong, and I think that's what
0: pride is, and that's what Billy Brilliant. Thank you, Congressman. Any uh, parting words, any call to action for our listeners?
1: Well, I think that we have, uh, again, I think this is a great opportunity for us to examine ourselves, examine our history, understand how we got here, who we are, and begin to admit some of the things that we have done. There can't be healing in this country unless there's true honesty and truth.
0: truth. Absolutely. Well said. Congressman Lowenthal, thank you very much for your time and your very wise words. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Likewise. Bye bye. Bye now. That was Congressman Alan Lowenthal from Southern California. Thank you, Congressman. The Blunt Post with Vic. Joseph Williams is a leading activist, and community organizer with Black Lives Matter Los Angeles, who has taken the time to speak with me about the murder of George Floyd and this movement. So before I ask you any specific questions, I want to know uh, today, since things develop so quickly, where are we today and what's your personal perspective on where we are? In our quest for justice and equality for you know, not just George Floyd, but in general for all the victims of all the uh, black men and women who have been murdered just in the last few months and where we are in this, what I hope is a movement.
2: for uh some real changes um you know with regards to you know we're seeing out of minneapolis you know whereas conversations uh like this weren't even on the table previously all of a sudden the school
0: district and the university have cut their contracts with the police department right yeah uh, i read that and, yeah and so that those conversations are also on the table the news today in Portland it was on you know they're, they're, there's been a movement for that that's been uh, pushing
2: for a while in Oakland you have been part of a movement that's been pushing for, for similar things divestment from the police and divestment from school police um, here in Los Angeles um
0: compared to a three billion dollar budget You this. Uh, are you satisfied with the charges um, being brought against the other three officers and also changing the charge for the officer that killed George Floyd to second degree murder? And sound bites and good PR spins by politicians. I saw a meme last night. It kind of wrapped it up really well. It it was something like it took the entire country, people of color, LGBTQ, the entire world, to bring a charge against one officer. <laughs> I mean, it just kind of it's it's so it's so sad. And when when I first saw the murder of uh, George Floyd on video, I thought. You know, there are hundreds of people that are victimized like this whose death is not captured on video. You know, we can only imagine how many there are. Absolutely. Again, here in
2: Los Angeles, there's over 600, right? Over 600 people who have been murdered by police in the last seven years alone. So it's absolutely, you know, unconscionable that, that that's what it took to bring charges against these officers. And it also shows you again like you said really plainly mm-hmm. right, this is what our so called justice system looks like when it comes to black people
0: Yeah, right, in this country where you can be literally murdered in broad daylight in public on video with you know dozens or more witnesses there and the entire world
2: can see it and that's not enough for it to be considered a murder you know or um, so so it's uh you know pretty clear and it underlines, you know, not only this issue within our uh uh again, quote unquote criminal justice system, but also this issue within the the entire, you know, rest of our society.
0: Yeah. Right. Um, because again the the criminal justice apparatus
2: is that which is supposed to enforce the laws. <laughs> enforce the laws on which our society is based, right? Um, our society is a law-based society, so this is how the you know apparatus of enforcement of law enforcement, right, reacts to blackness, to black life, an absolute, yeah. just devaluation of black life, and like, in public on video, and how many other areas, you know, are these law enforcement or, or the laws that we're that we live under how, uh, having this disparate kind of
0: impact. Yeah. This is The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jurami, and you're listening to my interview with Joseph Williams from Black Lives Matter, Los Angeles. And I'm glad you said blackness, words like blackness, because I think sometimes the word racism isn't enough because so much of it is specifically anti-black racism and anti-black brutality and violence. And it's important to really note those. Uh, I was gonna ask you, so I, I'm very excited for Black Lives Matter and what it's done in in its seven years and the momentum. And you guys have been leading us and leading the country in so many ways. But I have to ask you a, a redundant question that it's kind of a silly question. And KPFK listeners are very sophisticated. So, you know, pretty much all of them know this. But I think we all need a reminder when we're rebuttaling this, when someone mentioned it whether it's social media or in person, uh, how to answer this. And this, the question is this, you know those people who are misguided and, and say things like, uh, all lives matter, right? Not knowing that black lives matter doesn't mean other lives don't matter. It's just that the black American experience is so unique and the brutality and racism that's come and all the injustice that's been done that hasn't stopped since end of slavery, civil rights movement, even Rodney King. Uh, how do you answer a question like that? Yeah, I mean- qualify white right, right. this myth that uh, everyone's equal in America, it's the land of the free, and it's based on, you know, freedoms. And then we have, you know, even our sitting president has just, it's been a catastrophe to say the least, and continues to be a catastrophe. I mean, today's fences going up around the White House is just, uh, it's unbelievable. Absolutely. So I want to ask you, considering where we are today, what are your wishes? What are we demanding now? Where do we want to be? Uh, I don't mean long term, I mean short term. You know, there have been accomplishments um, in the last week or so. But how, how would you like this to sort of like take place going forward in the next few days or weeks or months even? that out really well absolutely well said joseph before i let you go will you tell us the website for black lives matter please yes the website for black lives matter la is blmla.org okay blmla.org Yep, black lives matter los angeles but just the just the initials blmla.org fantastic joseph thank you very much for taking the time to Beyond the Blunt Post with Vic, I wish you all the luck out there. I'm very excited for what's happening so that we honor the memory of George Floyd and others who've been victimized. And it's now our turn to make good and be in action. So thank you very much. Thank you, Vic. I really appreciated having this conversation with you. And, and I appreciate you you know, using your platform to continue to uplift important issues. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. The organization that I'd like to feature today is called White People for Black Lives Matter, or AWARE LA. White People for Black Lives Matter is a white anti-racist collective and activist project. We operate within a national network of white anti-racists called Showing Up for Racial Justice. Our work is rooted in showing up for racial justice and acting in alliance with Black Lives Matter Los Angeles the Movement for Black Lives, and other partners. For more information, please visit their website, which is awarela.org. That is A-W-A-R-E-L-A dot org. The Blunt Post with Vic. Before I tell you about Pridecast Live, which is KPFK's special Pride program this year, I'd like to say this, this Pride Month, it is more important than ever to honor the history of the LGBTQ equality movement. We have made progress in the fight for equality because of the activism of Black trans women and queer people of color. The celebration of our identity and our fight for equality has always been about resistance to a government that has denied us our rights. So as the black community continues to demand justice in America, we must stand with them. We stand in solidarity with black Americans against systematic and institutionalized racism, inequality, discrimination, injustice, and police brutality. Now with that, I am very excited to announce that KPFK and The Blunt Post with have partnered with the Stonewall Democratic Club, the nation's oldest LGBTQ plus and feminist political group, advocating for progressive issues since 1975 for this year's special Pride program, Pridecast Live. The 11-hour marathon is slated for Saturday, June 27th, which is the same day as Global Pride, from 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. We have incredible original programming planned for you. Very diverse shows uh, throughout the day, including panel discussions, variety shows, interviews, music, and lots more. So save the date for Saturday, June 27th for Pridecast Live on KPFK. 90.7 FM, and live stream on kpfk.org. And uh, I will tell you more details uh, in the following couple of Mondays. Before we go, I would love to thank my very hardworking producer, Ricky Herrera. And thank you for joining me for another episode of The Blonde Post with Vic. Tune in next week, next Monday at 7 a.m. for another episode. For more information, you can visit the Blunt Post with Vic.com and you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter. They are both at Vic Jarami. So at Vic Jarami for both Twitter and Instagram. The Blunt Post with Vic.